Welcome to 5.5, the show where we watch 5.5 rated movies from IMDb and visit the side streets of Hollywood so we can give you reviews of hidden gems or terrible movies you should stay away from. So ready your popcorn, lean back and enjoy episode 2. You're listening to 5.5. And as usual, like episode 1, I'm joined by Amanda. Hey. And by Tom. Hello. And my name is Martin. And uh, we're here to finally talk about this next next movie that we have talked about that we wanted to watch for like six months or something like that. <laughs> yeah, 5.5, 5. 5, the monthly show. And that's, <laughs> that's false advertising. Uh, we've definitely not lived up to that. But I think we finally all got our shit together <laughs> and, and we might be able to start doing this again on a regular basis that's what we're hoping anyway i mean that's, we thought that was the... going to be the case last time and it didn't work out real yeah, life, life, life really does get in the way sometimes doesn't it yeah it, it sure does and i mean it's, it's not like because i actually thought about it as well uh, the last few days because we talked about doing this show again and and i'm like yeah but it, it is not like something you just sit down and do because like with our other podcast the blue recluse we just sit down every week and talk about what's happened the past week and that's it more or less whereas this you actually first of all you need to to take two hours or something that what to actually watch a movie and then you need to record it as well i mean there's a lot of planning involved in it absolutely and in this case six months worth of planning <laughs> and so this episode should be amazing uh, so because good. we've had that long to uh to prep for it and get something recorded and get it out there into the airwaves mm-hmm. I, i'm not sensing uh, much enthusiasm there <laughs> <laughs> i i think i i've gone from being prepared to being well i forgot what i prepared a few months ago because i've actually i've watched this movie more or less straight after we we figured out we wanted to review this movie so that's like a few months ago so i think i'll just try to steer the ship today and then you guys because you guys watched it today right yeah we, yeah, we... we just finished watching it about uh 20 minutes ago <laughs> so i'll just try and steer <laughs> the ship rash, rash. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you guys you'll 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 be the ones with all all the opinions and talking today right is that good uh, well, uh, uh, sure. Well, I'd like to say that I'm really gonna hold up the the ship here, but I'm pretty hungover. Um, <laughs> but I'll do my best, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. But uh, I think it's just time, so uh, let's jump into it. Light camera action. It's time for the synopsis. In this episode of Five Point Five, we watch the 2013 movie Bounty Killer. Bounty killers compete for body count, fame, and fat stacks of cash. They're ending the plague of corporate greed and providing the survivors of the apocalypse with retribution. This is the age of the bounty killer. The bounty killer. That's the movie we decided to watch. And I think uh, how how we got around to do this was actually the first show that we made with uh, about Super Bob, where we reviewed Super Bob. Uh, we put it out on the internet, obviously, out there so you people, you could listen to it. And we had uh, a few Twitter conversations with people who actually listened to it and who who uh, liked uh, Super Bob as well. Or at least we talked about that movie and they actually suggested suggested us to, to watch this movie. Um, so so that's why we picked... Which, which actually caused one. a lot of confusion between the three of us, didn't it? 
Uh, it because... sure did. I thought that we were watching Bounty Hunter, the Jennifer Aniston movie. <laughs> um, so this confused us all for, for probably about a month. <laughs> well, it, it was quite confusing because when we went to watch the trailer, uh, we were Amanda had said to me that, oh, that's the film with uh, Jennifer Aniston and what's his Jared face? Jared Butler. Jared Butler, yeah. Mm. So put the trailer on and I'm kind of waiting for Jennifer Aniston and Jared <laughs> Butler to appear and there's a lot of gore and a lot of action. I'm like, I, I, th- uh, I don't, I'm not seeing Jennifer Aniston in this. I, I don't think that's the right film. So upon a bit of research, we discovered that there is a bounty killer and a bounty hunter. So it's always mm. good to keep that in mind when yeah. you're uh, when you're maybe going up to watch this. Coincidentally, both movies are rated 5.5 on IMDb. So that so, just hey. added to the confusion. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. so so I I guess that uh, episode 3, we know what we're reviewing there, right? Yes. Oh yes. Sorted. <laughs> but, <laughs> but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh let's uh, get the one sentence reviews out of the way. Is the one sentence review. Sexy assassins causing a bloodbath in a post-apocalyptic world who all need to watch their spleen. Mad Max meets Kill Bill, but it's more Thunderdome than Fury Road. The B-movie version of a graphic novel gone live action, which actually managed to entertain. So, with that out of the way, uh, it's time to, to take a look at the actors and the director, basically the crew. It's time to meet the crew. So let's start out with the director, Henry Zane. Uh, he has not really made that many movies, but he is actually quite known in the business because he used to be a graphic artist on lots of big shows. For instance, like Spin City, uh, that 70s show, Will and Grace, The Office. So uh, yeah, he, he's not he's not new to all this, to, to making movies. Um, and I actually, one of the fun things that I actually jumped into after I watched this movie was that I started doing a little bit of research, something that I normally don't really do too much of on, on movies that I watch. So it, it was pretty fun to actually figure out and read about how they actually came up with this idea. And and uh, you guys being hungover is actually pretty funny because the way that they actually figured out how to make this movie was while they were drunk. So. I sense a theme there, maybe? I don't know. Just getting into character, Marty. All right. Well, yeah. they were slightly more productive uh, than us then today, because I think all we managed to do was order pizza and eat the pizza <laughs> at various stages of the day and then watch a movie. So they actually came up with a movie. We did not. I ate my pizza while it was cold. That's my confession. <laughs> But uh, it actually started out as a, they wanted to, to do a graphic novel, and then it turned into a movie as well. So this is actually both both things in one, more or less. And uh, but but they had like a hard time like focusing on because the production of these things went on at the same time, more or less. So they didn't really have too much time to to focus on one of those things. So the movie actually was close to finished even before the actual graphic novel was actually uh, close to done. And and, uh, much like our first movie that we picked in the 5.5 realm, Superbob, this film also had a short Mm. uh, before its bigger incarnation. And that came out in 2011. 
And that's actually rated higher on IMDb. It's a 7.1, just like the Superbob short. Just uh, like Superbob, hi- yeah. Higher than the actual film. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know, sounds like a bit of a theme. Maybe just stick with those shorts and uh, you, get the, mm. you get the higher rating. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> so, in the lead, one of the leads is uh, a character named The Drifter, and he's played by Matthew Marston, who actually um, is not too unknown. Uh, he got roles in Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, where he's playing one of these soldiers. He was in Rambo, and uh, he's been in Resident Evil Extinction. So, uh, I think the common uh, theme about those roles, uh, it's all action movies. Shoot people. Shoot people till they die. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I, I I didn't recognize this guy. Uh, and he's been in a few well-known films. But much like the majority of this cast, I was fairly unfamiliar with uh, them. But they seemed, but they had this familiarity about them that I felt like I had seen them before, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah. But I, But looking through the, the films they've been in previous, I'm finding that, no, I, I actually don't think... I know who these these people are, which is mm. which is quite strange. No. Usually, you have maybe one or, or two that you you have some connections with, but I'm I'm feeling as I go deeper into this rabbit hole of uh, the the actors in this that I'm not finding that connection. I thought that I knew uh, one of the other actors. Uh, he played the role of Jack Lemons. Uh, he's called Barak Hardley. Um, I really thought that I recognized him. Um, but I went looking at his IMDb list uh, of all his roles and I was like, I actually haven't seen any of these um, mm. except for like bit parts that he's been in on like Community and The Big Bang Theory, uh, a lot of like comedy shows. But like I, I feel like I, I really do did know who he was. So I was, I was surprised that uh, I hadn't seen anything he was in. Mm. Mm. Uh, He's a funny guy, though, um, and I think he's doing quite a bit on Comedy Central at the minute as well. Yeah, let's just talk about him now. We are already uh, jumped on board, and that's uh, his character is called Jack Lemon, and he's uh, played by Barack Hartley. And I actually kind of feel like this Barack. I, I got this familiar feeling with him as well, and and uh, I think it's just because for all of these actors who are an actress as well in this movie i think all of them had like small roles here and there and in quite a few different movies so if you just watch tv or movies then you've probably seen them at some point and maybe that's why you feel like they're familiar but yeah i, I really got i really started liking this character uh, well this actor Barrack hartley and, and i looked into what he's been doing and um, I've, been, I've been looking into some of his comedy stuff as well and quite enjoy him and i th- actually think that he he was one of the best parts of of the movie as well uh, in my opinion and uh, not that he kind of like stole the light because i don't think his performance in this movie was like super amazing but i think he was a, one of the the better things about this movie to be honest I would agree. I think he was my favorite character in the movie. He added uh, a lot more of a comedy element than the other actors. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I would go along with that as well. But I think when they introduced this character, they they went straight for the goofy kind of yeah. sidekick, mm-hmm. and maybe they overcooked that initially. I thought because they they really did make him just such a goofball, and uh, yeah. that was the intention. <laughs> uh, but I think as the film got on, they implemented that side of his character a lot better so it wasn't 
I just get I just get flashbacks of, of Jar Jar Binks and that kind of goofiness <laughs> and that over yeah. the top goofiness. I mean, when he's first intro- introduced and he's become the gun caddy, he's he's running down the stairs with the guns. You just know he's gonna fall flat on his face, <laughs> and then he's so gonna he say, "I'm okay." And yep, lo and behold, it happens. And there is a few moments like that where you just you just you, know you, you know it's gonna happen because it's yeah. that kind of character he's playing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last character, uh, Mary Death, uh, is played by Christian Pitra, something similar to that. Uh, she uh, she got roles in True Blood, Crazy Stupid Love, and from a video game, infamous as a male pedestrian for some reason. Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but the uh, the not not that I can pick her voice out of out of that video game, but I just like that video game. It's a good game, so. That's why I wanted to bring that up. <laughs> and she she really fits into this kind of role of a bounty killer, post-apocalyptic, but a pinup girl at the same time. I think her her kind of appearance and her whole kind of demeanor fit really well into how they were trying to portray uh, the bounty killers in this film. Some sort of uh, celebrities that have these hordes of fans and. I think her brand was really interesting how that had been developed and and she was using that but I, they didn't really explore too much into that and uh, but I, I think she she fit the part really well and she was obvious mm-hmm. eye candy for uh, sexing this film up a, a notch <laughs> indeed which uh, it got, got got the heart racing a little bit at times not gonna lie uh, oh, cer- did it? <laughs> cer- certain scenes uh, performing uh, maintenance on a car and uh yeah it, it's i guess they were trying to sell sell that when, part when, of her and they, they <laughs> nailed it <laughs> when you said uh, maintenance on a car and we mentioned transformers um, my mind just went straight to yes. that scene with the, with, is it the motorbike or something so yeah probably similar things um, yeah sort of like a Ma- megan fox role in transformers yeah, exactly. that kind of thing yeah i was and i was that's exactly what i was thinking <laughs> But I think if you look at this cast and you look at the the characters that they portray, uh, it, it feels like if all these three main characters are all very stereotypical. It's the mm-hmm. male lead who looks uh, who looks good, uh, the <laughs> female lead who also looks good, and and the goofball who is there for comic relief. So st- stereotypical, maybe. Taking all the boxes. You even got the British uh, like pawn broker or bounty collector <laughs> guy with all his British cliche chit chat jibber jabber you know <laughs> yeah. uh, that was uh, who was that Jimbo yeah, no that was, was uh, Daft Willie Daft Willie oh yeah that guy yeah yeah oh, of Daft course Daft Willie yeah and we also we also had like a few Camaros. One of them, uh, one of the more uh, well known of them, those Gary uh, Gary Busey, um playing Van Styling. Uh, I've seen his face a lot of times. Oh, uh, Daft Willie was actually played by Kevin McNally, who is Gibbs from the Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, oh right, films. yeah. Oh okay. yeah. So there we go. We have a connection. We have a connection of long. Mm. Yeah. So I think overall this movie as well. There's a lot of lot of uh, people uh, in this movie that are kind of like just uh, not A-list celebrities, everybody know who they are, but but people you've seen around these people, are not, none of them are, are, are new to the business. I think that's that's the common thing about all these actors and actresses. Anyway, 
let's uh, let's jump in to what we thought about the movie and start think uh, start talking a little bit about that. What do we think about that then? I think one thing we can all agree on is that this movie was just a total cliche of an action film. <laughs> really? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> just to state the obvious. Yeah. Yeah. It is totally cliche. It has everything. Uh, it has all all the action scenes, uh, people jumping around, shooting. Uh, as Tom put it, that maintenance scene. Uh, it has it has had everything that very the, cliche. Uh, the the, uh, the uh, bomb stopping just before it's about to explode. Just yeah. so many situations where you knew exactly how it was going to be resolved and. That might be one of the reasons why I think this film does get dragged down into the 5.5 realm because it just is so predictable. And even the, I found the dialogue in this film slightly cringy at times because it was mm. just so robotic and the responses were just exactly what you were going to expect. There didn't seem to be that extra layer, that passion um, mm. from the, well, the characters. But, but the, I think after, after, when I just watched this the first time, I, I felt the exact same way as you're uh, describing right now. Predictable, and it kind of needs a little bit extra. But then I started reading up about it, and it turns out that it's it's based on a graphic novel. Well, granted, they developed it at the same time, both the, the movie and the, the graphic novel. But if you imagine this as a graphic novel, Oh yeah, I, it suits so well, and it really shows this. This is a graphic novel, just as a live action uh, movie, in my opinion. Yeah, if, if you're just just pulling it from comic book to screen, I think they do a great job of uh, representing that. But I would say, try watching it while muted, and I think you're gonna look at a se- seven out of ten film there. I think if if you you play this film without the the dialogue, maybe not mute the film, but just. In scenes where there's dialogue between two characters, just mute that. Because some of the scenes where there's music going and you, you see the characters moving together, some of those scenes are really great. And I think mm. a lot of the best moments in this film come when characters aren't speaking, when there's no <laughs> conversation and there's no dialogue. When they just shut the fuck up. <laughs> I have to agree. There's a scene where Mary Death is going through is it the Badlands um, and there's like gypsies around her and she sees this gypsy dead on the ground feet feet from her um and like she has flashbacks that it was her um and it, it really scares her i actually thought that that was one of the best scenes in the movie um mm. just because it was it was quite powerful and it showed a bit of a, a softness to the character of mary mm. that also featured no eyelids man who was creepy as hell he was just so lying there creepy. no eyelids <laughs> that was probably one of the best bits of dialogue just that short interaction between her and him was maybe one of the most believable parts of that mm-hmm. when it came to uh, to characters conversing that was the point where I was like but well, that was that was done really well but it seems to lack a lot of that throughout the film in general mm. but I mean also the whole the whole plot and the whole premise is probably a little bit far-fetched anyway so <laughs> it's well, yeah, th- because like that's what the wild wild west was back in the wild wild west days where like people put out ransoms and rewards and wanted posters so like it actually is based on historical fact just in a completely different setting and totally turned around because 
obviously they're going after the so-called good guys, not the bad guys. Well, the corporate people never are good, are they? But you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, it, it, it's pretty obvious what what they <laughs> the writers wanted to tell. They they're not really that big. Uh, they're not really that keen on big corporation America taking over and doing whatever they feel like. You guys uh, touched on the setting there, the, the the apocalyptic feel of the movie, and I think that was another thing that I just didn't buy. I, I just didn't feel like it was post-apocalyptic. It had kind of the setting for it, but I didn't feel fully invested in that world. I didn't feel like it was uh, a post-apocalyptic world. It felt a bit too... Uh, you're going to Walt Disney World and you're going to watch the Wild Wild West show. It's it's like those kind of boards they put up for the houses and just the way they park the cars. It's just so static. It doesn't feel believable mm. in, in that regard. So I feel like I am laying on heavy on the film right now. I'm, I'm being quite critical. But I just think because the, that is the main premise of the film, the post-apocalyptic, and that's one of the things I get quite an enjoyment from in films is believing the setting believing mm. the location and getting absorbed into that and i just didn't feel that i mean i've played i play games like fallout and that's something that i when i think post-apocalyptic i would compare a lot of things to mm. how something like fallout works and i know I'm talking about a video game on a, on a movie podcast <gasps> uh, but i play a lot of video games so there well, we go the- it's 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 a podcast about videos and video is in the word video game so it's fine well there we go you <laughs> saved my bacon there but i just didn't feel that immersion i think it again as the film progressed it felt more believable when they got to the uh, council building i like that kind of setting and how that worked at the end with this kind of lush oasis setting set in mm. the middle of this desert i, I really like that but mm. overall it's it's going to be a budget thing of course i mean it, to make a a film like that it, it's still going to take a lot of investment so i was actually trying to look up what type of budget they had compared to something like mad max for example but i, I just could not find any information about their their budget so i can't really comment on that with much mm. uh concrete but but yeah, I, that's, I, I that's don't. Just, just I, something I, that I, I think let me down a bit. I, I think we can totally say that this movie did not have the budget of Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we can definitely say that. I mean, we don't need we don't need the uh, the the numbers wrote down to to know that. But then then if if we look at the effects in this movie, I mean, sure, it, it's you can see its effects and and you you. <laughs> It doesn't always look real, let's just put it that way, but I kind of, I didn't feel it like awful or anything. I mean, you could see it wasn't right, but it still looked decent and I think it had like a, a, like a really good YouTuber who's making effects on YouTube kind of feel to it. And I kind of like that style, so I, I mean, if you're into that style, you'll probably like this movie as well, because it didn't look bad, didn't look amazing good either, but it was, it was just like in this weird area for me where it, it's alright, I liked it. <laughs> but I also think overall, because it, it I feel like we've made it sound really like a really bad movie that we've been really harsh on it and I actually have to admit that I, I was quite entertained most of the time anyway 
the writing could have been better, the effects could have been better, a lot of things could have been overall better, but um, it, it was it, it was fairly entertaining. I, I wasn't being like uh, bored at any time, I feel like. I had moments in it where I was quite bored, I'll be honest. Mm. Um, there, there were some scenes I was like, yes, it's great, if the whole movie was like this, it'd be great. Like where Mary Death is learning how to be the top assassin. Like I thought that whole sequence, uh, flashback montage, whatever, thought that mm. was very good. Um, but again, there wasn't an awful lot of talking in it, was there? So maybe, maybe that's what it, maybe <laughs> maybe I agree with Tom totally. But the dialogue just really bringing what could be a really good movie down. Mm. Yeah, because I think the the act, a lot of the action sequences are extremely entertaining as well, albeit. Mm quite gory in places and <laughs> there, there was a few times where amanda went oh goodness uh, yeah. just uh, especially a certain certain scene at the start of the uh, the film uh, but i think again we're, we're we're talking about this the scenes without the dialogue really bring the film up and then mm. the scenes where you've got characters interacting seem to pull it down again pull it down, yeah. so we just added all those out and just have this <laughs> 30 that's probably what the short was the short was probably just more action just the action and, scenes yeah. yeah just the action and, and and none of this uh dialogue i mean there is a couple there is a couple of uh moments with dialogue that you'll get a little chuckle out of i'm not i'm not saying that it's all totally bad but it does it just feels so robotic and forced and you just know what they're gonna say so you almost feel like why bother saying it because we know what you're gonna say <laughs> we know you what's could, going to happen yeah. yeah there was a lot of men in suits in the uh, hot desert question one why because that's not great apparel for the desert and also where was the sweat those guys should have been dripping with sweat they should have they should have been lifting their arms up there should have been big massive sweat patches and uh, again that's that's gonna bring the film down people want to see sweat patches people want to see that uh, I'm not sure I want to watch the same movies as you, as you do. Fine. <laughs> I want to uh, know. I want to know that people sweat as well because uh, when I go outside and the sun's out, I've got big sweat patches, and I want to know that other people <laughs> get that too. <laughs> not that people can go through a whole action sequence uh, and not have a drop of sweat on them. I, that makes me feel inferior as a human being. Mm, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think with, the, with those words, it's time to, uh, to, yeah, judgment, judgment day. It's time to meet your judgment, stick, bump, or bust. So Amanda, where are we on the scale? Is it stick? It's uh, stick is, well, stick it. Right in there where it belongs at 5.5, nothing happens. Is it bump? It should. It deserves a better rating than 5.5. Or is it a bust? It certainly does not deserve the grand rating of 5.5. Well, Marty, I think that I would stick this movie at 5.5. For most of those reasons where dialogue scenes bring it down, no dialogue scenes brought it right back up for me. Alright, alright. How about you, Tom? Whereabouts are you in this whole scaling system of ours? Well, giving this uh, quite a lot of thought after the, the movie ended to see where I was going to place this. And I think I'm going to go for stick. I'm going to stick it at 5.5. <laughs> I think it's thoroughly deserved. Uh, it's it's an entertaining watch, I believe. You'll, you'll definitely get some enjoyment out of it. I, I didn't find myself 
sitting there waiting for the film to end. Uh, I, I got some entertainment out of it. It's not going to live long in the memory. I'm, I'm not going to be lying awake in bed thinking about this, thinking about the plot. But it, it, it definitely, definitely deserves that 5.5. Yeah, very well, very well. And um, so should I, should I bust it? Should I really bust it for you guys? Because, uh, no, I'm actually at a stick as well. Uh, I was entertained all the way through, more or less. And I actually, I can, I can, I totally see where you guys are coming from, that a lot of the, the visual scenes are really well, looks good. It, it brings the movie up and a lot of the dialogue and the writing in general uh, probably brings it down. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, 5.5, stick. So stick there, it on that. Stick it. There, there we have it. It's, uh, it deserves 5.5. Um, so no need to go and, and, and rate it or anything because it, 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 it is where it belongs. So it's great. I was going to say, and, and for the second show in a row, we've all agreed. We've all done all the same agreed, action. Yeah. yeah. It's not it's not fun that we like the same kind of movies. Uh, I think I'll we're, just... gonna have to, we're going to have to find some controversial movies that yeah. split this podcast right down the middle. <laughs> even though you can't go right down the middle because there's three people, but mm. you know what I mean. It would be amazing if we could actually, if we f- found a movie where one said stick, one said bust, and one said bump. That would be. Oh, I think we'll amazing. do that one day. I think, yeah, I that's, think that's that's our mission to find that movie. Podcast goals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you were there. You were listening. If we have anybody listening, since we've been in hiatus for six months uh, or, or more, because I don't really know when I have, we'll have edited this podcast and put it out there in the ether. But uh, you are there, were listening. Uh, what did you uh, think about the movie? Is it a stick, bumble bust? What do you think? Let us know. And Tom, do we actually have somewhere where people can tell us? Well, you can head over to 5.5.reviews and check out our site. Or probably the best way to get back to us right now is at 55review on Twitter. And there we will take your feedback, digest your feedback. And if you have any thoughts or feelings on any of the the films we've looked at so far, or you have any suggestions for your own 5.5, hit us up and we'll definitely add it to the list. And also, we love suggestions. Do you have? Do you know about a, a 5.5 rated movie that you you think we should uh, watch and rate? Then uh, don't hesitate. Let us know. And uh, with those words, I think it's time for me to say goodbye to you, Amanda. Bye, Marty. And bye, Tom. Cheerio. And you are there listening. Goodbye to you as well. Until next time. That's a wrap. Thank you. This show is brought to you by. Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.